Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Equity Mates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. Over the last year, there's been a drama unfolding in the headlines. Two warring factions who've been sledging each other in the courts and the media. There's been allegations of betrayal and hypocrisy, and most notably, huge amounts of money being thrown around. Then, just last week, almost as suddenly as it started, a truce was declared. The scene for this melodrama, it's not reality TV, it's not Vanderpump Rules, it's not even politics. It's the golfing green. The PGA and Live Golf, after 12 months of public fighting, have declared a surprise merger last week. It's Friday, the 16th of June, and today I want to know what on earth is going on in the world of golf? Did I just find out that money really does win? To talk about this today with me, because I know nothing about golf, it's Bryce Lesky, who's our resident, I don't know, what do you say, Bryce, to talk about being an expert at golf? What's the terminology? For what? Resident? Yeah, just knowing a lot about golf, like uh, impresario, um, uh, expert. Just golf nerd. Golf nerd. Okay. <laughs> to talk about this today with me, it's our resident golf nerd. It's co-founder of Equity Mates. Bryce Lesky. Uh, hello, Sasha. Good to be back. Looking forward to this episode. Yeah, it's been a long time between drinks, but I'm pretty excited to get into this one today. It it takes a lot for me to get interested in sport, and this one certainly had me reading heaps of headlines last week. So give me a quick 101. What on earth has happened? Okay, Sasha. So what happened? I think it was June 6th. The world of golf was shocked. We have the PGA Tour. We have Live Golf. We also have the DP World Tour, which is the European uh, professional golf tour. They announced uh, a merger and a new entity was to be formed with the Public Investment Fund or the PIF of Saudi Arabia. Now, we'll get into uh, the details of that in a moment, but it was a massive shock given that over the last few years, as you said in the intro, both the PGA and Live Golf have been publicly clashing. And uh, we first covered this story on the dive in June last year, almost a year ago. It was titled uh, Live Golf Tees Off, Will the $2 billion Investment Be Worth It? I think the saying is... There's some years where decades happen and I feel like that's accurate for the last 12 months. Can you give me a quick recap of that episode? Because I'm really sorry, but I've forgotten a lot of the details. All good. Here we go. So last year, Greg Norman, superstar Australian golfer, otherwise known as the Shark, he was charged with starting a new tournament with money provided by the Saudi government through the Public Investment Fund. And the idea was to build a rival golf tournament to the PGA. Now, this had been circulating as rumour for a number of years and and there was disgruntled uh, golfers as part of the PGA Tour who were feeling mistreated and that the PGA Tour really didn't care about the, the format and the structure of the game. So the Saudis swooped in. They gave uh, Greg Norman billions and billions of dollars and went out and started Live Golf. Now, it was 
faced with cries of sports washing. We discussed on the Dive podcast uh, last year. Uh, many golfers and fans were uncomfortable with the influence of the Saudi government on the sport of golf because of uh, obviously their history with human rights abuses. But uh, Live Golf cut through by splashing huge amounts of money, and we're talking huge amounts, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of contracts and prize money to sway some of the biggest names in golf to come across to this new competition. So to give you an example, prize money for Live was just enormous. If you won a tournament at, as part of a as a Live player, four million bucks for the winner. Every tournament, four million bucks. Compared to the PGA, on average, it's about a million, 1.5 million, some of the bigger tournaments approach sort of 3.5 million but every single tournament four million bucks huge paychecks on the line the last placed golfer in a live tournament would collect one hundred and twenty thousand dollars which was quadruple what his career winnings were as a pro at uh, at that point in time so the money was there it was sucking some of the biggest players across phil mickelson one of the greatest golfers of all time previously said that the saudis were scary motherfuckers However, a $200 million sign-on bonus changed his view, Sasha, and he signed on. So essentially what happened, the tour was created, Live Golf then kicked off uh, their season uh, last year and really started to cause uh, a lot of stir. And also you couldn't play in the PGA tournament if you decided to move over to Live Golf, that's right. Yeah, the PGA couldn't believe that this had all come to fruition and it actually got off the ground. So they told any player who defected and signed contracts with Liv would, uh, their membership from the PGA would be cut. You weren't allowed to come and play uh, on the PGA tour. Uh, They threatened legal action, which we'll get to in a moment. And it really, really did change the world of golf. And and so much so that the PGA themselves then increased the amount of prize money that they were giving and and they changed the format of the sport as well to try and compete. With live. In that episode that we did last year, we kind of centered it around the question of why the Saudi government would want to align themselves with golf. And here's the spoiler. We decided that it was to diversify their income and make money from the sport, but also to improve their global image by associating themselves with a game that's as prestigious as golf. We've kind of touched on a few things that we're going to pick up. So let's get into them now. What has happened in the year since? You've mentioned that there's been some legal cases. Why don't we start there? Yeah, well, the two rival leagues have spent the last year fighting both in the media, Rory McIlroy, one of the world's top golfers has been adamantly defending the PGA and the the sport. He couldn't believe that golfers would would walk away from the history and the prestige of the PGA, and so was really out there week on week, just going hard at any golfers who left. So battle room in the media and if you want to go on Phil Mickelson's Twitter to understand the rebukes that he was going against Phil Mickelson it is incredibly entertaining he had no shame he also had 200 million in his back pocket but not only was it playing out in the media but it was playing out in the courtroom it seems as though everybody was blindsided by this today reporters golf correspondents who spend their entire time around the players even the players themselves many of them read about this on social media this morning and they were absolutely So Live Golf brought a case against PGA last August. They were claiming that the PGA Tour had monopolistic control over the market for elite golfers to sell their services, which in some way, shape or form is true. There are plenty of tours around the world, but the PGA is the pinnacle. 
and uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, the PGA then countersued, arguing that those same golfers made substantially more money playing for Live and accepted the obligations in their contract as part of their membership. Essentially, Live was saying, how can you block us from coming and playing for the PGA? That's monopolistic. It's against it. And uh, the PGA was saying, well, it's in your contracts and you've just gone and broken your contracts. So... Plenty of uh, stuff playing out in court. And then, of course, the media scuffles. The PGA Tour Commission, head of the PGA, Jay Monaghan, brought in the families of 9-11 as part of the argument here. And uh, here are some of the crazy statements that were made. As it relates to the families of 9-11, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the pga tour so that was the pga tour commissioner talking about golfers who had left the pga tour for the new live tour and you can understand why it was a shock when this um, announcement broke but looking back on this and we're going to get to it in a moment oh my goodness what a hypocrite and and i and he's probably seriously regretting saying comments like that but you can just understand well you can hear how how i guess both sides were just going so head to head with each other and to bring in families of 9-11 it's just it's peak craziness yeah i think there's emotional statements and then there's emotional statements and when you're kind of inciting recollections and like making comparisons like that that's a huge thing to be doing in the media so i can really understand why people are saying that he's hypocritical and like why they're so confused so I think now's a good time to kind of understand what this new deal is, what this new kind of merger, for want of a better word, is. Hmm. Well, after years of going head-to-head, after 9-11 family comments, after Twitter, after legal battles, it turns out that over seven weeks of secret meetings in Venice and London, Yasir al-Rumiyan, who is the head of Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund, and Jay Monaghan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, have brokered a merger to essentially come up with an entirely new entity for the game of golf. Players now reacting to the news, including PGA Tour winner Brendan Todd. Yeah, I just happened to be on the shuttle ride back from the range and opened my email and saw the uh, letter from the commissioner. Safe to say we're all pretty surprised out here. So what this actually means is that the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia are creating a new collectively owned for-profit entity. And yes, for-profit. For some reason, the current PGA Tour is not-for-profit and has all these tax exemptions, which is just crazy in and of itself. And this new entity is going to govern the game of golf on a global basis. So the crazy thing here is that it's going to end the two-year legal battle between the PGA Tour and Live Golf. All of the uh, litigation has just been wiped off the table. Everyone said, all good. We're just going to leave that alone. And the Saudi-backed rival tour that lured away several of the top PGA Tours with massive sign-on bonuses um, is, you know, is now merging and a lot of these players are looking to be able to get back onto the PGA Tour. The nuts thing about the whole thing is that the PGA Tour Commissioner, Jay Monaghan, is now going to be the CEO and the chairman is going to be Yasir Al-Rumiyan. So we, have, we now have Saudi Arabia Investment Fund controlling the game of golf at a global scale. So you could look at it and say that the whole live idea 
was to get to this point because what's going to happen is Liv is just not no longer going to in, exist in 12 months' time. They can't get the advertising for it. They can't get sponsors. They're just going to say, let's sack the whole idea. Guys, you come back over to the PGA, bring all your good players and let's just get back to it with obviously – the Saudis now running the whole thing. And boy, was it a massive surprise for none other than Rory McIlroy. I learned about it pretty much at the same time everyone else did. And yeah, it was a, it was a surprise. I knew there had been discussions going on in the background. I knew that lines of communication had been opened up. I obviously didn't expect it to happen as, as quickly as it did. So Bryce, you kind of alluded a little bit there to what you think is going to happen next that live golf like this has been kind of end game for them and they can now put all their efforts into this new entity but I think it brings up the pretty fair statement that you can't spend years sledging each other in public and then you just decide it's all fine and like that's all water under the bridge and expect everyone else to just get on board and get on with it. So let's get into the ramifications and a bit of the public reaction to this new surprise merger after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to The Dive. I'm joined by my colleague here at Equity Mates, Bryce Lesky, our resident golf nerd, as he's so self-declared. Bryce, we kind of got up to speed of what has happened, set the scene, talked about this huge drama, melodrama that's occurred in the sports news pages over the last, well, couple of years, actually, that's come to a head last week. But what I really want to know is, will this merger actually go ahead? Great question, Sasha. I think one of the biggest unknowns is what's going to happen from an antitrust point of view. There was, you know, one of the legal sort of claims from Live last year was that the PGA were monopolistic and creating all these rules and, you know, monopolistic behaviour. But now what we're finding is, oh, all of a sudden there's a new entity that controls the entire game of golf. So, of course, politicians are starting to get involved and uh, Democratic Senator Chris Murphy of uh, Connecticut wrote on Twitter, so weird, the PGA officials were in my office just months ago talking about how the Saudis' human rights record should disqualify them from having a stake in a major American sport. I guess maybe their concerns weren't really about human rights. And the New Yorker reported that California Democrat John Garamendi has introduced a bill to the House to strip the PGA Tour of the tax-exempt status it has retained. After all, they rake in hundreds of millions of dollars from broadcast deals and corporate sponsors. And none other than John Monaghan is probably the most red-faced in this whole thing. Mind you, he's probably taken a massive check from the Saudis, so he's sweet. But this is what California Democrat John Garamendi had to say. He said, Jay Monaghan should be ashamed of the blatant hypocrisy and about face he and the rest of PGA Tour's leadership demonstrated by allowing the sovereign wealth fund of a foreign government with an unconscionable human rights record to take over an iconic American sports league and avoid paying a penny in federal corporate income tax. So 
plenty of hypocrisy at the center of all of this now. And the big hurdle is going to be US antitrust laws. Yeah, because Bryce, like those two comments were really the government getting involved about the Saudis' human rights record. But as you so rightly pointed out, this is a merger that essentially creates a monopoly on this sport. By thinking about the game at large uh, and eliminating a lot of the friction that's been out there and doing this in a way where we can move forward and grow the PGA Tour. I felt very good about the changes we've made and the position that we were in. But ultimately, to take the competitor off of the board, to have them exist as a partner, not an owner, and for us to be able to control the direction going forward was put us in a position as the PGA Tour to do and serve our members. So at a press conference detailing the merger, uh, PGA Commission Monaghan said that it was attractive to be removing friction and working with a former competitor. I mean, even reading that is just like, this guy is kidding. <laughs> this guy is <laughs> yeah, kidding himself. Yeah, come on, dude. Like, don't get up in front of a microphone and admit to it. <laughs> I know. but oh, He must have been paid so much. But anyway, in, in reporting from The New Yorker, they quoted Tim Wu, who's a Colombian law professor. He pointed out that basically all this commissioner is doing is waving a red cape in front of the antitrust enforcers by doing a merger to create a monopoly. Like it's, it's plain and simple. It's in front of us. In fact, it was so simple that I think, um, Ren, when we, this news came out, we jumped on Instagram and spoke immediately about the, uh, what is, what's this going to mean from an antitrust point of view? So Tim Wu, the law professor, pointed to another precedent that might inform what the government does next. He said the Justice Department successfully blocked American Airlines and JetBlue from coordinating their operations in the northeast of the USA. Their companies called it an alliance. Sounds familiar, but the Justice Department called it a merger. The government doesn't care what you call it. They care if two competing entities stop competing. And that is exactly what has happened in this instance. Yeah, because the Justice Department had already been investigating the PGA Tour even before this deal was announced for possible violations of competition status. So this does not feel like a story that's wrapped up with a bow yet. A hundred percent. If you if you want to watch Rory's uh, press conference on this, it's 15 minutes and you'll nev- never see a man who's more confused. He felt like he was the sacrificial lamb and just and just can't understand where, why and where this is going. So do yourself a favour, check out Rory's uh, press conference. So Bryce, during this conversation, you've said that this is probably Live Golf's end game at some point. Um, considering the fact that they've kind of said, well, we won with golf, Is there a focus on other sports? Yeah, well, golf isn't the only sport where Saudi Arabia is looking to increase its influence. We've got soccer or football is also in their sights. The most notable investment to date was the purchase last year of the English Premier League team, Newcastle United. They're also bidding to host soccer's World Cup in 2030. And at the beginning of June, the country's crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, announced that the public investment fund will invest more than $1 billion in the country's domestic league in the hopes of making it one of the best 10 leagues in the world. And when you remember that the fund is worth $620 billion, a billion-dollar investment is a drop in the ocean, and we're already seeing massive contracts paid out to some of the world's biggest soccer players to attract them over there. So this certainly isn't the end, but, man, it's fascinating. And at the end of the day, Sasha, money talks. (laughs) Money talks. Well, I think there's going to be 
another episode of The Dive in this coming up. Please rate and review us in your podcast player. If you enjoyed this episode, send it to a friend, even a friend who said like, oh, golf is boring. This is not boring. Bryce, thanks so much for joining me today. No worries, Sasha. It's been an absolute pleasure. Until next time. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. 